Karen Bodine was a mother of three wonderful kids, a daughter, and a great friend. She was strangled when she was 37 and dumped into a gravel pit outside of Olympia, Washington in 2007. Immediately, the press maligned Karen as a transient drug addict. For that reason, her family believes that her case never got the attention that it needed. Now, 14 years later, her family continues to desperately search for answers. Karen's case has never been solved. Hey everybody and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver and I'm here with my sister, co-host and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey everybody. Excited to be back. Yeah. It snowed today. First snow of the year. First snow of the year. Didn't leave anything, at least Mm. so far. But... (laughs) We'll see. <laughs> it's really cold outside. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Whew. Can we just I'm happy about it, though. a year where snow. we don't? Well, I just don't want to trick or treat in snowsuits. My God. <laughs> I'm not trick or treating, so I don't care. Well, me, <laughs> me neither, but you know, I, I, I just know want you know. it to last a little longer. But <laughs> it would be nice. Yeah. It would, but you know, it is what it is. It's our Tuesday case. It is. And it's our group case for the week. Yeah, and we're excited to jump in. Uh, Before we do, though, just a reminder that it is Tuesday. It is the second Tuesday of the month, which means that tonight, for members, uh, we will be doing our cold read party. Yes. So that's at 7 p.m. Mountain. You do have to join our subscription service right here on YouTube. And if you do that, it's $5 a month, and you get to come to the cold read party. Present a case to us, and we will cold read it on the air. So that is tonight. And so if you're a member or you want to be, just go over to YouTube. Uh, You can click right there on our, you know, on our profile page. There's a spot to click for uh, to subscribe. And there's two different levels of membership. There's Spirit School. Spirit School is $14.99 a month. With Spirit School, you are entitled to two uh, classes, like metaphysical classes that we teach a meditation, and a cold read party, or you just come to the cold read party for $5 a month. So either way, come party with us. It's always a fun time, and Mm -hmm. it's a way for us to be able to read more cases. So if you've been waiting for us to read a case that you really want to hear from us, bring it. Just bring a short paragraph to give us, uh, lay some groundwork, and we'll give you our best. Bring it on. We're excited. It's I, I really am loving this. We started it last month, and it was really fun, and so I'm looking forward to our second round. Absolutely. So our case today is the case of Karen Bodine. Uh, Christy and I both connected with Karen's daughter, Carly, on TikTok uh, here recently. She is uh, just tirelessly working to try to find answers in the murder of her mother. And we wanted to do this case and help continue to bring awareness to it. Uh, I've been surprised at how many people from that area were unaware of this case until pretty recently. And it so, didn't seem to get a whole lot of press at the time. No. And still hasn't and hasn't had much attention from law enforcement either. It's no. it's very sad when the mother of three children is murdered and 
yeah. the community doesn't seem to care. And, you know, I, that, I could be wrong about that, but it does feel that way when you research this case mm-hmm. and you see how little information there really is. Yep. Yep, for sure. Yeah. So we'll lay the groundwork of the case and talk a little bit more about it. So Karen uh, was a mother of three. She had three, uh, two daughters and a son. Uh, her oldest daughter was a senior in high school at the time. And then she had two younger kids under that. The kids were in the custody of grandma and grandpa. Karen had had some addiction issues and it looks like maybe some mental health issues along the way. And so she lived in the same town and had lived with her parents and the kids uh, for a time and then had moved in with a boyfriend and she lived with him for quite a while. Uh, But this was not a, bad situation. Like she saw the kids constantly. She came to all of their sporting events. She was, you know, in good, on good terms with her parents. This wasn't a like ugly custody type thing at all. It was just a better situation for the kids to be with grandma and grandpa. And that's what they were doing. And so, uh, you know, and Karen was doing her thing, but was very actively involved in her kids' lives. So she had the, boyfriend situation had degraded to the point that they had a domestic violence incident. And because of that incident, she was asked to leave the home. This was on a Friday. I I wish we knew more about that. Honestly, that this is the first spot that you go, wait a damn minute. What really happened there? Why was she asked to leave? I think it wasn't her home, but Mm -hmm. you know, but she was just put out. And it was a bad deal. So, again, that was on a Friday. And she went not too far away from there to another friend's house and was staying with him and his family for the weekend. I think just maybe waiting for the uh, relationship situation to blow over, you know, or, you know, to to regroup. But, uh So she wasn't far from her original home, but she was, you know, staying with someone else. This is the other part of the story that gets a little bit uh, problematic. Uh, What the press says, uh, what the family says, what everyone says is that she was with a group of rough people. These apparently are people that she's spent time with in the past that were uh, using, we think, but again, it gets kind of murky, and that's why we don't know about these people. They were rough right. people. I really hate terms like that because, first of all, it's an immediate judgment and implies that they're bad people. We don't yeah. know if that's true or not. Um, it also immediately associates her with these so-called bad people. And right. whenever we've seen this over and over and over again in the cases that we cover, that you start qualifying the person who has been killed and the people that they're hanging out with as involved in the drug scene or rough people or whatever. Yeah. Immediately everybody's attention starts to wane because, you know, I saw in one place that, that she died because she was killed because of her involvement in the drug scene. Uh Are you frigging kidding me? Like that just blamed her for getting murdered. Yep. I hate this terminology. It's wrong. We don't know anything about these people. We know very little about her life, but it's an immediate judgment. Oh, this isn't a good person. So you don't have to care if they were killed. 
Yep. And she was that with means- bad people. She was with the bad people, guys. So whatever the hell that means. And that's mm-hmm. bullshit. Because just because somebody's having a problem with an addiction does not make them a bad person. That but this is the media does this, law enforcement does this. Uh-huh. There are certain words, little buzzwords, that if you uh-huh. use them, then people do not push uh-huh. for law enforcement to find this the person who murdered her. And to care about her and her family in the community. It's so wrong. Mm-hmm. It's a huge problem that we have, but it, I, it just was like glaring to me in this case. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. So that Saturday, at some point, a police officer sees Karen walking down the road, uh, acting really distraught. And he stops and talks to her to make sure she's okay. And, uh, decides that, yes, she's just kind of going through a hard time, but she is in, indeed all right. And that's, and so he leaves her there, you know, just uh, wandering down the street crying and, and really distraught. And that's really the last time anyone sees her or hears from her. That's kind of it. Now, no one, her family didn't really know she was missing because, you know, she didn't live with them. And didn't uh, know that something, you know, was going on for with her per se. And so they didn't know until two days later on the 22nd of January when the, uh, you know, authorities called because Karen's body was found. Mm-hmm. And Karen's body was found uh, on January 22nd at the entrance to a gravel pit. So there was a gravel pit on a road called Little Rock Road in Rochester, Washington, which is just, it's about 30 miles away from where she had been. Mm-hmm. And apparently this is a place where people have been known to dump garbage and broken down cars and furniture and, and junk, you know, uh, illegally, but it was just a spot that was kind of well known for that. It was a spot where kids were going to get drunk, just, you know, kind of one of those no kinds of places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and yet someone could see from the road that there was uh, what they thought was maybe a dummy or something or a big doll. And they called the police and the police came out because it was weird. And thank mm-hmm. goodness they did because it was Karen. Yeah. Uh, she was dead. And they, though they didn't think she'd been dead for very long. This was first thing in the morning when she was found. Um, so she had died in the night, they believed. Uh, she was completely naked. She was laying on her back on the ground with her head on the seat of an abandoned vehicle, like as a pillow. Wasn't it an abandoned car seat? Vehicle seat. Vehicle seat. Oh, oh, you cut out for a second and I just heard you say vehicle and I'm like. No, seat, vehicle seat. Okay, yeah, there we (laughs) go, yeah. Vehicles, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a lig- ligature mark on her throat uh, showing that she'd been strangled, but no clothing, no wallet, no purse, nothing. That was just it. So a witness had come forward and said that there had been a, like an early 18 or night, sorry, 1980s, um, maybe a Datsun, like a lighter colored uh, little truck with a camper shell. Mm-hmm. Or some people said a little uh, brownish Dotson car, but both said like early 80s-ish Dotson had mm-hmm. been in the area 
uh, right before or not long before the discovery of Karen's body. And so they had been looking for a car such as that, but mm -hmm. that was like the only evidence they really had. And so there is not a lot more known about it. I mean, they did, uh, you know, at first they did call it a suspicious death and then ended up ruling it uh, a homicide by strangulation. There's not a lot more out there. And mm -hmm. so, you know, her daughter was just a senior in high school, Carly, when this happened. And she has been asking questions for the last 14 years, trying to get someone to care uh, part of the problem was that the detective that uh, took over the case was very near retirement yeah, and did retire shortly after and just didn't leave the case in anyone else's lap. And that's a big part of the problem because it just seemed like. Well, and it's changed hands now, like four or five times, right? Like, yeah, it's not consistently been followed by any one detective. Well, not until now, not yeah. until now, but actually now they have a detective on it that is really uh, seeming like he's going to, he's a lot better. And uh, I read, I have listened to several interviews with Carly and she says that the person that's working on it, the detective that's on the case now is much more uh, putting a lot more energy into it. Good. And uh, actually returns their calls and answers their questions. And if they, uh, you know, call him with a lead, he will listen to them and pay attention to it. And he's actually the one that connected them to an opportunity that they had in 2019. In 2019, Karen's case was seen at CrimeCon mm -hmm. with their uh, the CrowdCom Mm -hmm. They're crowd solve. Crowd solve uh, cases. And her case was heard there and they had some ideas, uh, you know, and uh, there's been some movement from that. There actually is some DNA. There was three spots of DNA on her body. Mm -hmm. And so they are, they're still waiting, but there is some DNA uh, work that's supposed to be being done to help maybe gather some answers that way. Uh, but that was, you know, that's been more than a year ago. And uh, yeah, the, so the crowd solve case was in October of 2019. Yeah. And so if there was, it was two years ago. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. I, one of the things that really bothers me about this case is that the implication that it was some of these rough people that she hangs out with were people in her life that she knew. Yeah. Now, maybe that's true, but don't you think in the last 14 years, the police could have figured that out? Yeah. This feels more like a stranger murder to me. Uh -huh. And the way that she was posed and they do believe her body was posed. Oh yeah. And the way that it was left in this place that was where people leave trash. Uh-huh. It was meant for ultimate humiliation. Yeah. It doesn't sound like the kind of murder that would be committed by someone who knew her. Yep. There was a purpose behind it. You know, 
It was a per she it was meant to humiliate her as a as a human being, as a woman. She's naked, she's in this area where they throw trash, the way she's, you know, splayed out the way that she was. Like I don't know. This does not feel to me like a oh, she was involved in drugs and someone in the drug scene murdered her. I don't feel that at all. Yeah. And I feel like that's an easy excuse for why they have not solved it. Mm-hmm. Because they just didn't care. And I'm glad that there's a detective that cares now. And I'm glad they're trying. But she had DNA on her in 2007. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Where did that... They could have processed that. Obviously, it's yeah. better now than it was then. But there were, there were capabilities in 2007 to process that DNA and compare it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's one of the reasons that we're covering this case now. Because... Quite a few other people have as well. There's get, it's gotten more steam. There needs yeah. to be public outrage in Washington. There does. That this case has fallen through the cracks. Why? Well, yeah. first of all, because Karen and her family deserve justice. But second of all, right. because there are killers walking amongst them or, you know, could be. I mean, somebody is responsible for this murder right. who likely is still getting away with stuff. I mean, it kills me that they don't want to figure out who did this and get them off the streets. Right. But there's been such a lack of follow through. It's just wild. It's horrifying. It's horrifying that a, that a mother of three could be murdered and then just ignored like this. And, Oh, she was involved in the drug scene that got her killed. Oh, okay. So certain murders are okay. And others aren't. I mean, yeah. give me a break. We've seen this so much, and it's so frustrating to me. But you can see the the buzzwords are in those articles. Yep. That that take the public's attention and empathy away. Mm-hmm. It's obvious that the way it's the police feel as well, you know, because that's where those quotes quotes came from. Mm-hmm. Like the way that murder victims are spoken about right after they are killed has a huge impact on whether their case is taken seriously or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. If they are homeless, if they are um, addicted to drugs, if they are working in sex work, Mm -hmm. if they are a person of color, which Karen Bodine isn't, but she fits a lot of these others, Mm -hmm. um, that they're just treated as though they're throwaway people. Yep. And Karen Bodine is not a throwaway person. She has a family who is desperate to know what happened to her. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is, this is so wrong. So a few things that the family has done. Uh, her family has, her daughter particularly, uh, all of her kids, but her oldest daughter, Carly, has got a few things going on. They have a Facebook page called Justice for Karen Bodine. My mother's unsolved homicide investigation. So you can go and follow that page and keep up to date on what is happening with her case. Uh, the other thing you can do is go find their website. They do have a website called karenbodine.com. And there's a spot that you can sign up for their newsletter. There is contact info there. If you have absolutely any information, you can call it into Crime Stoppers. Of course, you can be anonymous, but, you know, as with every single case that we talk about here, someone saw something, someone heard something, 
Right. Somebody knows something. Well, if a police officer saw her walking down the road and considered her to be vulnerable and stopped to speak to her, who else saw her driving down that road and recognized her as yep. being vulnerable? Yep. Yep. And let's continue to uh, keep the uh, spotlight on this case. Let's keep the yep. pressure up to try to help. If you live in the Olympia area and have heard of this case or have now heard of this case, figure out who who are your representatives. Yeah. You know, that that could be contacted about this case to put more pressure yep. on on law enforcement. Because if they haven't even processed DNA, what yeah. else have they not done? You know, right. what other parts be? of this case have not been followed up on? What about her phone records? You know, what about, you know, what, what kind of tracking did her cell phone have on it at the time? Because we know 2007 is a little older, but there's still some stuff out there. Yep. But obviously DNA is first and foremost. Yeah. Yeah. But why, why would who did this or the people that were involved in this, why would they even be nervous at this point? At this point, they're probably not at all no. because it's become very clear that authorities don't really give a shit about Karen Bodine. Yep. And so, you know, they've gotten away with this murder. Have they gotten away with others? Well, we don't know. There is one detective trying to work it. There is more pressure on. And so I'm going to hold the energy very high that this case gets solved. Yeah. You know, uh, I saw Carly in an interview today say that, uh, not, not today, but, but I watched today uh, mm. say that, uh, you know, she it's finally occurred to her that she there will never be justice for her mother. Maybe there will her case will be solved. Maybe her killer will be brought to justice. But she said, you know, there's no justice in this. I won't ever have my mother back. She's now missed 14 of my birthdays. She was not there to see me graduate from high school. She wasn't she won't be there for all of the, you know, milestones in our all of our lives. And. There's no justice in that. There never will be, regardless no. of someone being brought to justice uh, for the crime itself. But right. they deserve that much. Well, they do. They do. And also, can we please get this person off the street? Because uh, have yeah. they harmed other women since? I mean, what is the risk factor here? You know, well, why would you stop when you're not being held accountable anyway? Right. I mean, this would really embolden somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So go follow them on Facebook. Check out their website. Uh, Carly's also on TikTok. I believe the TikTok is also called Justice for Karen Bodine. I believe it is, yeah. Uh, you can follow her there to keep current on this case. She does fundraise a little here and there because they are putting up billboards and they, you know, obviously are running a, a website as well that costs a little money. She and some of her friends were holding a garage sale just a few months ago, fundraising, and someone robbed them and stole a bunch of their stuff, and someone else paid them with a, a fake $100 bill. Jesus. <laughs> like, who the hell? You right? know? Who does that? Who does that? When they're fundraising oh, to try to live get in a justice world for their dead mom. Messed up behavior, don't we? Right. My That's God. Awful. Yeah. So in other words, they could really use kindness, support, just 
you know, some kind words thrown their way as they are, you know, traversing through this and just trying to figure out what in the world happened. So anyway, that is the case of Karen Bodine. Did we miss anything? I think that was the bones. I, I think that's the, the bones of it. Yeah. As we know them. Yeah. Well, I'm really hoping that one of these days we're going to see, hey, DNA came back. There's a match. An arrest has been made. I think it can happen. I really I do think too. it can happen in this case. I absolutely think it can happen. I think it could have happened in 2007. Mm -hmm. I do but too. Maybe finally in 2021 it can happen at least yep. to protect the public at this point. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on it. Again, we'll be back tonight for the cold read party at 7. Yeah. We'll be back tomorrow, Wednesday, with a brand new case. We'll be back at Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific for, or Mountain, sorry, for uh, case updates. And then Thursday night at 8 for the Psychic Hour. Uh, also today, later today, there is a press release uh, coming out of Teton County, Wyoming. Uh, the coroner is going to be discussing the results of Gabby Petito's autopsy. Yeah. We are not going to stream it live uh, because we're both unavailable at that time, but we will come back in and do a live a little bit later. So probably around two this afternoon, we'll do a live and talk about uh, what the coroner said, what the findings are and what's new in the uh, Gabby Petito and Brian Laundry case. So you can watch yeah. for that later today. Definitely. All righty, guys. Well, take care. This has been yet another production of True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Take care. Thanks, everybody.